Hello, nation. Hello. Hello. Pickup lines. Ooh, got a little crazy in here. Let me start this to your watch. Boom. Hey, well, welcome. Um, I'm really excited about this series. We used to do it every couple years, and then we're like, we just, y'all always tell us we want to talk about relationships. So, loving ain't easy. Can I get an amen on that, right? It ain't easy. There's other things that ain't easy, but we're not saying that in church. So, get your mind out of the gutter, crazy people. If you didn't get that joke, don't worry about it. It's okay. It's not appropriate. But I'm really, really excited about this series. It's going to be three weeks. I'm going to talk about the season of singleness. I'm really excited about that. I'm a veteran at that. Uh, thankfully, I've moved out of that, but I'm, I'm a vet at it. Next week, uh, Pastor Chriso is going to be here talking about dating. We're really excited about that. And then we have a surprise panel for you the third week of some just vet uh, pastors, couples, married couples at New Life Church. But this series is for anyone. Who, if you're single, this is for you, even tonight. If you're dating, this is for you, even tonight. Even if you're married in this room, Maybe, maybe you're a single parent in this room. I'm going to talk about the single singleness, but I promise that sing, season of singleness, but I promise the things I'm going to talk about really transcend any season of your life when it comes to relationships. And the biggest thing is this. I, I'm going to give you a lot of application. We're going to have the word, but I'm going to give you a lot of practical, a lot of practical so you can apply these things to your life. This is the cool kicker. I'm going to preach. And then the last 10 minutes, guys, if you could put that number up there, we're gonna, I'm, this is what I need y'all to do. There's going to be a, a Google number up here. And I'm gonna, I want y'all to text in questions throughout the message about singleness, though. Please don't start saying, oh, my, when I'm on the 18th day, I ain't talking about that right now. I'm talking about singleness. I'm going to not answer your question. The last 10 minutes, Free's going to put a clock on. I'm going to answer as many questions as I can about the season of singleness. So you might have a very uh, personal or a very um, specific question. I'm going to try to do my best to knock it out, and I'll do that in a second. I'll load them on my iPad, and we're, I'm just going to go, okay? Because, we, again, we want this to be as practical wisdom as possible. So let's do this. Let me ask this. I, I'm, I'm asking you, though, when it comes to certain topics like this one, I'm asking you to have an open heart. You might be great at being single. I don't know. You might hate being single. And, uh, and that's, I, I get it. It's, it's challenging. But I'm just asking you to be open. Some things I say, or I hope everything I say encourages you, but some things might challenge you. But that's kind of my role is to be pastor, to, to challenge you, to sharpen you in any way. But just know that it's because I love you guys. I'm not trying to call anyone out in here. I'm not trying to hurt anyone's feelings. I'm trying to set you up for success. Can I get an Amen. So let's pray. Bow your heads with me. I want to pray for God to be here because if God's not here, it's just erroneous. Uh, Lord, we love you so much, and we thank you that loving ain't easy, but with you, it can be a little easier, and by a little, I mean a lot. So God, I pray you would be here, you speak through me, you would encourage us, God, and I just pray wherever everyone's at, uh, whatever season of relationships they're in, God, I just pray that you would speak to them specifically. And Lord, we do lift up Stumo, student mobilization to you. Uh, we are thankful for that ministry, Pastor Matt and Allie paces. They're incredible, Lord. We pray for their leaders. We thank you for what you did at their conference last month, but Lord, we do pray for Kaleo. They send students out, Lord, to, to be your hands and feet in different parts of this country, Lord. We pray for those students that you would call them on these campuses all across the South, and God, we thank you for that ministry. In Jesus' name, and everyone said? Amen. Amen. I'm going to start with a funny story because I was reminded of the story. Me and Beth were talking. It's hilarious, I have to tell you. Okay, can I tell you a funny story? So we were at a graduation a month ago, right? So a lot of you guys graduated. Who graduated? Anyone in here graduated a month ago? Come on. Give it up for these guys. Come on. Josh. <laughs> Josh wins G'd up back there, my boy. Okay, so 
we were in graduation, and we got there a little later, so we sat on the floor, you know, where the chairs are. If you're not a UCA student, you never know. There's, it's the basketball gym, so we're sitting on the floor, right? And so it started right, and there's this kid in front of us. He had to be like six or seven, and he was really fidgety, like most kids, and he was wrestling, wrestling. And I think the lady was older, so it looked like his grandmother. And she kept, like, pulling him down. She's like, sit still, boy, sit still, like very direct grandmother. And he was like, i got to go to the bathroom. She's like, you just went. And she gave him, like, the, the back of the head slap, you know, like, nah, you just went. And he's like, i got to go. And she's like, no. And he's like, okay. And he, guys, he was just like rocking. And so you're trying to watch graduation. This kid of the peripheral is just getting buck. You know, it's just kind of crazy. And every once in a while, I, I promise I can't make this up. Every, this happened like seven times. There'd just be this wave of a smell. And it smelled, <laughs> I'm going to start laughing. It smelled like so straight crap their pants. <laughs> like, it was terrible. And I'm talking to her. It was like laughing gas, too. I couldn't stop laughing. And as you know, graduation's kind of like quiet. And I'm like crying. I'm laughing so hard. And like, Bethany's embarrassed because she doesn't want people to think it's us because I'm laughing so hard. And it's definitely not me because I'm an adult and I know how to control those things. And so I'm just laughing. And now I'm looking at the kid and he's like, mm. <laughs> Guys, it like kept coming in waves and waves. It was like a sick joke. Um, so we're walking out to leaving. And I'm like crying. I'm laughing so hard trying to see some of you guys. And this gentleman came up to me. He had like the little white preacher collar. Maybe I need to get one of those. And he said, uh, I'm going to get the wording right on this. He said, man, that boy was letting them go, wasn't he? <laughs> and I was like, he sure was. <laughs> so bad. He got me off guard. I said, he sure was. He said this. I promise I can't make this up. Bethany's way sweeter than me, so you can ask her. He said, man, they need to bottle up that smell and, and use it to defeat ISIS. <laughs> what? what? And then I didn't know this. Beth told me to say, I swear I didn't know this. He goes, sorry if that offended you, and he walked away. Okay. I didn't know that, and I argued with Beth today for 30 minutes. She said, I swear he said that. I was like, mother, I'm gonna, I'm freaking American. I was born here. I don't even look. Stupid. So stupid. So now the joke's not funny to me, but I had to tell y'all because a kid pooped his pants, I swear to God, at graduation. So y'all's graduation was blessed, those who graduated. But relationships can be fun and hilarious. But I promise, guys, and I miss this a lot. I'll tell you about some of my failures today. Single season can be just as fun, if not more fun. And I don't mean yellow fun. I, I mean, there's a time for everything. And if you were to ask me, Amir, what, do you, what have you learned, not just being a pastor, but the, the past couple years, what is God teaching? What do you learn in life? Guys, I would say that everything in life is a process, right? Things just don't happen. So like eating is a process. Whether you make something or you go buy something, you, those of you in college, graduating is a process. You don't just roll in freshman year and say, give me that diploma, holla at you, thank you, see you. No, it doesn't work like that. I was talking to a buddy the other day, we were talking about professional sports, and if someone ever wanted to play pro, I mean, it's a very small percentage, but there's a process to that. You don't just roll in and say, I'm gonna go play in the NFL, I'm pretty awesome. Even using the bathroom, this kid skipped some steps of the process, he just did it right there, but there's a process to go to the bathroom, I had to say, I'm sorry. I believe when it comes to dating and marriage, there's a similar process. And to me, I believe, and I'm going to say this boldly, the most important step of that process is when you're single. And I will be boldest to say also when you're not married. So if you're dating in here, I would call you single too because you're not quite buried, right? But I think we underplay that season. And this is my heart for you guys. This is, this is just really important to me. I like, when I pray for you guys, this comes up a lot. And I just, I want more than anything that y'all win in this area. That you have healthy, fun, successful relationships. That your dating relationships aren't filled with regret and pain and frustration and frequent failures. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that you're gonna be, I'm not saying perfect, but I'm saying that you don't settle for stuff just cause. And then I, I, what I think what we do, because I did this for a very long time, because I got like a PhD in being single, and thankfully the Lord has blessed me to get out of there, and I hope to not turn back. That's neither here nor there. But 
What happens is I don't think we maximize that season. We, we have a hard time being content. We have a hard time finding peace and stuff. And it's almost like we go on autopilot. And I, and I think when I was preparing for this, I thought of like two myths. I don't want you to focus on these myths, but I think two f- myths that we kind of tell ourselves when we're single is I'll figure it out when I get there. So if I'm a guy and I want to pursue a girl, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'll figure out when I get there. If I'm a girl and I'm dating, I don't really know how, I'll figure it out when I get there. And the other one is simply, well, I just need to find the right person. I'm gonna wait till I find the right person. If I find the right person, everything's gonna be straight. But until then, I'm just gonna keep looking and searching. I'm gonna go out, I'm gonna have fun, I'm gonna be people. And I think, guys, what the heart of it is, I think we need to prepare now. Because when we're preparing now and being intentional about the season that you'll never get back, that and everyone's timetable is different, I understand. I'm 28 years old and I'm still single and I understand some of y'all might have been single longer than me, but a lot of you guys are younger than me and I'm just trying to save you some failures along the way. I just wonder if we maximize the season now and we don't go into autopilot, Maybe we could, because a lot of our hurts and pains are avoidable, maybe we can learn from some things, and then it would lead us to success. Like I've been talking about this semester, I know it's hard because it's the future, but it would set us up for success, for a healthy relationship that would turn into maybe hopefully a, a healthy marriage one day, right? But I think it starts now, and I think we downplay it. But I am super passionate about this. Just like I said, when I pray for y'all, I don't know why, I, I always reminded myself of how much I've failed in this. Guys, like, I've, I've hurt people's feelings. I've messed up. I've honored, I've not honored God in a lot of ways. I've hurt a lot of girls. A lot of girls have hurt me. I thought I was the bestie, and then she liked me, and then I was like, whoa. And then I thought we were besties, and I liked her, and I was like, whoa. We won't talk about today. Maybe someone will send a question about that. I love answering that question. But now I'm dating. I've learned some stuff, and all my best friends are married my age. And I used to complain about that, and I used to be bitter about that. And then I didn't realize that God has blessed me with healthy marriages all around me, and I've been learning from them for about five years. And it set me up for success in my dating season because I have best friends that have gone before me. But it's easy to look at them and say, well, I'm never going to get married. And this is just kind of frustrating. I'm happy for you, but it's whatever. And before this, I did some counseling here in Conway. And so I did a lot of counseling with divorced families and single-parent families and single-parent kids because I'm a male therapist. I got a lot of the males, the kids, the boys, and it's just hard. them not having a dad. And I just wonder if they prepared better in this season. The title of this message, it's an alliteration. It's the Preparation Proposition. It'll be on the screen because it's hard for me to spell. I'm not going to spell. Preparation proposition, meaning I want to propose to you. See what I did there? That's a point for me. You didn't get it. Okay. I want to propose to you that if we prepare in the season now and be intentional, that we can have a simple, but we can have a successful life. Again, I don't say perfect, but I think what the world says is, hey, you just need to settle. A a great relationship, it's really kind of getting outdated. You just kind of need to do you, boo-boo, and we'll figure it out along the way. I find a way to say boo-boo every message. I'm sorry, it just comes out. But you have to know this is the truth of all this. God created relationships. He created you and me for relationships with him, and he created us for relationships with each other. He ordained marriage. It was his idea. It was his design, and he loves it when we win at this. So it's not just, hey, let's just do relationships just because, but God wants us to do it to honor him. So... I want to propose to you two big points. We're going to take questions. The first one is this. You have to crave wisdom. And when I say crave, I use that verb because get wisdom's not strong enough. Look for wisdom's not strong enough. I need you to crave wisdom. Like you have to have it. Like you're seeking it out, and I can't really do life without it. Every time I think about y'all and I pray for y'all, individually or as a group, wisdom's the first thing that always comes to mind. I don't know why when it comes to relationships. I just wonder, is there someone y'all are talking to? Are y'all processing things with God? Do you have friends in your life? or Are you learning from maybe some past mistakes? And this is the thing about wisdom, guys. You can't get wisdom on your own. You don't just wake up and say, man, I'm really good at relationships. I'll just hang out with any girl. You don't just wake up and maybe an occupation and say, I'm really good at this. It takes counsel. It takes time. It takes help from other people. 
But if you're like me, you probably said some things like, I'm not sure how to do this. <laughs> I, I, guys, I'm kind of scared to pursue. I'm like, I'm trying to find a shouty, but I'm kind of scared. I don't even know. Do I ask her on a day? Do I Snapchat her? That's been happening lately. I don't know what's going on. What do I do? Right? We have a lot of questions because I think we need wisdom. We were created to receive and get wisdom. And I think that's what's going to lead us to do relationships. So I check out the scripture. I'm going to give you a lot of Proverbs. Because Proverbs is the book of, of wisdom. They'll be on the screens, but I want you to write them down because I'm going to move through them. Proverbs 13.10. Where there is strife, strife is translated as struggle or conflict, there is pride. So think about that. When you're, when you're not doing well, there's struggle or conflict in your relationships. Pride says, I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to figure it out. But wisdom is found through those who take advice. Proverbs 3.13, blessed are those, happy are those, prosperous are those, successful are those who find wisdom, who gain understanding. So you might say, well, Mir, how do I get wisdom? Well, I'm glad you asked. This is really good. Um, the first one, these are, I'm going to give you three subpoints. The first one's from God. You get wisdom from God. James 1.5, powerful scripture, says, if any of you, any is all, everyone, lacks wisdom, you should just ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. James 1.5. If you need wisdom, just ask God. Is that easy, Amir? It's that easy. So I just got to ask. You just got to ask. That's, that's how he designed it. That's who he is. When you ask, you will receive. It might not be what you want to hear sometimes. Hello. <laughs> but he's going to give you some wisdom. Psalm 32.8. This is the Lord speaking. Listen to this psalm. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. Not my critical eye on you. Not my hating eye on My loving eye on you. God wants to instruct and direct our steps. But this is the cool part. I know what you're thinking. Okay, Pastor Amir, I know that I'm supposed to pray to God and ask him for help. But how many of us actually do it in our relationships? Because if you're like me, you don't do it very often. How much do we, whether we're in single, whether we're thinking about pursuing someone or for a girl we're being pursued, or we've gone on a couple dates, how often are we like, okay, God, how's this going? Okay, God, will you help direct my steps? Okay, God, I need your help. We don't do it very often. So again, the wisdom, we gotta apply what we're learning. My, my supervisor says it this way. I have, a, I have a friend in the back. We have the same supervisor. He tells us cheesy analogies, but you remember them all. It's incredible. He's like 60. He's the band. So he always tells us, he's like, hey, you know, prayer is just kind of like your cell phone. And he says, it's just really cool. It's like God gave you a cell phone when you became a believer. It's not really a cell phone, but it's a metaphor. And he's like, and you get, you get free minutes, un, unlimited nights and weekends, all the rollover minutes you really want, no fee, shouty, none of that, all the data plan, anything you might need, God's got your back. All you got to do is pick up the phone and call him anytime. But how many times do we pick up the phone and call God? We don't. We always default to self. We always default to, I'll figure it out. And the Lord says, James says, I, I want to give you wisdom. I want to help you out in this situation. If you don't know what to do, I want to help you. But guys, we just got to simply ask. Is it that easy, Amir? I promise. It is. Second one, where can I get wisdom? From people that are further along than us. Further along in this jersey. Journey. Jersey Shore. Guidos. GTL. That's another time. Okay. Parents, siblings, family members that have healthy relationships, mentors, friends that are in healthy dating relationships. Hear, hear me when I say healthy, not perfect. Ma friends that are married. And watch this. Someone that's older than you, and they might be single, they can give you wisdom. Young adults in this room, you have endless wisdom to give the college students. I don't care if you failed every relationship according to you, and you, you have endless wisdom to give to them. Because you have life experience, and you've failed, and you've succeeded, and that's what they need to hear because you're farther along than them. But you just have to believe that. That's why we have both in our ministry, so y'all can help each other. But this is the cool part about people further along. Guys, these people have an, an, an objective outside opinion, meaning when it comes to relationships, it's very easy for us to get caught up in our own feelings. You know what I'm saying? 
It's very easy to get caught up in, this is what I think I should do. So we got to ask someone on the outside, but here's the kicker. Watch this. We get challenged because we don't want to share our life and information with people. We always default to self. I'm not asking you to have a blog or 30 people. I'm asking you to have one, two, three friends, whatever you choose, that you can share this stuff with, that you can process stuff with. Hey, I'm feeling like this. Hey, this guy's asked me on a date, but I'm not sure. What do you think? One friend, best friend, and they give you some wisdom, and they help you out. But the myth that we think is we think these people are going to call us out, and they're going to hurt us, and they're going to challenge us, or they're going to say things we don't want to hear. But I'm, I'm asking you to rely on people who love you. So you know what they really do is they cover your blind spots. That's what they do. So you don't continue to get hurt and maybe mistakes you've made before that you can't see still, they're gonna see it because they have an objective opinion. That's why we ask people for help. And again, these people love you. They wanna encourage you. Check out these Proverbs. It'll make the point better than me. Eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, a people fall, but in an abundance or many counselors, there is safety. So doing it on your own, it's, it's a good chance we'll fail. Proverbs 19, 20, listen to the advice and accept instruction, and in the end, you'll be wise, 19, 20. Think about that. It's two-part. Hey, you got to listen to the advice, but not only do you have to listen to it, you have to accept it. You have to accept it, and then you'll have wisdom. And now I know I'm giving you all a lot of direct stuff, but I'm trying to make this as applicable to you all as possible, right? And it's saying, hey, you got to receive the info, and then you got to put it to your life, right? Okay, check this proverb out. You got to know this, Elevation. There's a difference in wise counsel and counsel. There's nothing wrong with you talking to your bestie. I'm not, I'm not here to tell you there's, but there are certain people maybe in your life that aren't aiming for the same thing as you, that maybe see relationships different than you, that maybe aren't trying to honor God with the relationship. So I'm just saying as your pastor, it, not, it may not be the wisest thing to ask for them for advice. Can you do it? Sure. You're an adult. But it might not be the wisest thing for you to do. Why? Let me tell you a good test for it. If, if the person you're asking for advice from only tells you what you want to hear, it's probably not wise counsel because we're not perfect. So if every time you ask someone in your life for advice and they always tell you what you want to hear, I promise it's not the best wise counsel because they're going to have to say something that covers your blind spot, that sharpens you, that encourages you. But hey, this person also has to tell you when you're winning, when you're doing things great, when, you're, when, when they're proud of you, right? So that's just kind of a good test. The third one, area we can get wisdoms from your past. Whoo. It's getting get heated now. It's really good. Wisdom from your past, past successes, but especially, especially your past failures. And I know we hear that word, and in our culture, we think, man, I don't want to ever fail, Amir. I want to knock things out of the park, but we're going to fail, guys. And in the moments, it might be tough, but that's, those are the best learning moments, especially in relationships, because this is what happens. If we don't learn from our past, guys, we get into what I like to call relationship insanity, Insanity, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. So if I go into this relationship and I have this issue, and then I get out and I go into this relationship and I have the same issue, and I go a year later in this, and I'm thinking, why do I have the same thing? Because I'm doing the same thing over again, expecting different results. And I need wisdom to shake me out of it and say, Amir, this is not working. You're not leading her well. You're not honoring her. You probably need some help. Let's talk about it. I say, Wow. Because all you got to do is look to your past. But if we're fearful of our past, we don't want to look to it, we're not going to get wisdom for the future. Romans 8, 28, one of the most famous scriptures, says, we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purposes. The way this plays out, guys, is if, even if you have a past, you got to know that God's working in the present. He's working on your behalf. If you've been hurt, God's trying to heal your heart right now. I'm trying to give you some alliteration. Remember. So you might say, Amir, you don't know my past. 
You don't know what I did in high school. You don't know what I did this summer. You don't know what I did when I got out of college. You don't know what I've done this weekend. That's great. I would just say, I would come back and say, well, you don't know how big God is then. Because God's grace can cover it. doesn't matter how far you went, how dark it went, how you think it crazy it got, God's grace can cover that. His mercy can cover that. His forgiveness can cover that. You just got to come to him and be real. But I promise he can handle it. Because that's, that, that would be saying the cross wasn't good enough. And it's always good enough. Right? In Jesus' name. Let me tell you a story. So last year, it was a year ago, me and one of our girl leaders were hanging out with a girl in our ministry. She said, hey, I want to process from a guy's opinion in here. Can we hang out? I was like, sure. So we went to this restaurant. We were hanging out eating. And she had dated a guy, I don't know, six to eight months. Um, I think overall things went well. There wasn't like a Jerry Springer breakup, throwing chairs, punch each other in the face. That didn't happen. That show's crazy. But uh, anyways, um, it didn't happen like that. It was just more they had a lot of differences. They didn't see it going forward. And they had some tough conversation. They broke up. So she's processing it with us. We're sharing, going back and forth. And I said, well, how was it like boundary-wise, things like that? And she's like, yeah, we never talked about the future. We did a good job of that. He never promised me we were going to get married one day, or he didn't, we didn't talk about all this stuff in the future. Because, guys, words, that really speaks to a girl's emotional intimacy. We just think it's words, but it really, it really will put some things in our heart that we aren't ready to cash in yet. And then when you break up, that's why girls are hurt. Um, we're not even going to get into that yet. Well, I'll just question. So it'll be good. Sorry, I'll get excited ahead of myself. So then I was like, okay, and what about boundaries? Like we, I think we did a great job of physical boundaries, nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, things were hard. And I said, this is great. And so she, just, she starts saying all these things she regrets. And I should have had this conversation better. And I shouldn't have done this. And maybe we should have ever. And I just felt like on my heart, I just interrupted her. And I said, why, why are you saying all this? I said, you, just, you didn't go too far physically. You didn't talk about all this crazy stuff. Yeah, you had some bad conversation. Or yeah, you had some challenges, but you're okay. It might take some time for you to heal. It might take some time for you to figure this out. But you got to know that God's working on your behalf, and, and we're, not, we're okay. Because before this, she had never had a relationship. What we like to say, or what people say is doing it right, like the way that would honor God. She had never done that before. And so now if you look at it in a negative way, yeah, I messed up, I have regret, and I don't know how to get over it. Or if you look at it in the way that God's working on your behalf, hey, I've learned some stuff. I'm now more confident. I'm now more equipped. It might take some time for me and God to get together and heal some of this stuff. But now the next guy that pursues me, I know what to expect. I know what my level is. If he's not meeting this level, then maybe he's not the right one for me. And we have all these things to learn from, but it's a perspective shift. But if we sometimes, as we can do guys and girls, we play the victim card and we beat ourselves up. It's not going to work. So that, that's what I simply told her. I said, hey, you're beating yourself up. you got to forgive yourself first before you can ever date someone again. Because I believe, guys, in order for God to teach you a lot of things about your last relationship, you got to let him heal some wounds first. And then you can learn some things. And the simple way to do that is just be honest with him. Hey, if you're honest with him, share with the things that are on your heart. I believe God's going to do a work in you. But then this is the next step. Watch this. you got to forgive yourself. You have to forgive yourself, guys. It's okay if you made mistakes. And if you brought it to God and he's going to forgive you, why can't you forgive yourself? Because what happens if you don't forgive yourself, you're going to take that in the next relationship, and you're going to be hard on yourself. You're going to take it in the next relationship, and you're going to be hard on yourself. No, we got to learn, guys, it's okay. If, if Big picture, if there was no big storms, fires, we're going to forgive ourselves, and then we're going to move forward. And we got to forgive that person. Even if they're small things, you got to forgive that someone, release that person of it. Last thing on this thing. I want you to write this down, be on the screen. Knowledge is information. It's very simple. Wisdom is application. Okay. Knowledge is information, wisdom is application, meaning you can, you can get knowledge from God, from friends, from your past, but the, until the moment you apply it, it's not wisdom. So really, guys, I'll be as bold as to say it's nothing. All the information is nothing if you don't apply it. Wisdom comes to life when you put it into application. So it's a two-part thing. I don't want you just to ask people or God to put something on your heart, and then you think, ah, I don't want to apply this. Another way of saying it is knowledge is knowing, wisdom is applying. 
but you got to apply it to your life. Does this help? Cool. Number two, I want you to focus on becoming the right person. Becoming the right person. It's that verb. One of my favorite pastors, his name is Andy Stanley, and uh, he wrote a book of a relationship series. He has a four-part relationship series, and I, I kind of took this thought from him because he's one of my favorites to listen to. But he said a lot of times, becoming the right person, if you're still right, and I see those hands. A lot of times people, he said, I'll do, I'll do uh, counseling with married couples, and they don't have married problems. They have problems in marriage. You might say, what does that mean, Amir? And I said, he, mean, he would say that people brought issues from when they were single into their marriage, and now there's issues from it. And, not, and let me be honest with you, I have issues, y'all have issues, we're always going to have issues, but I'm talking about unresolved issues that we don't really care about, this is just how I am, no big deal, and they bring them into marriage and then things get extremely hard. The married people in this room are nodding at me because they're like, yeah, it's tough. And, and what he says is, I think people bought into this myth that media, and especially music when it comes to girls, how music rap talks about girls who live movies, it's called the right person myth, if you want to write it down. And it's simply this, if I find the right person then everything's going to be great. If I marry the right person, we're going to be all right. I just got to find them, and we'll be good. And so what happens is most of the time, and this is from he, who he does counseling with, and he, he's done research. We're just not hip-firing this because I've seen this in, the, in people I've counseled or people in elevation. So we, I want to find the right person so bad. So then a lot of times, guys, what we base a relationship on is chemistry. And chemistry is amazing, but chemistry can't be the only thing because then we're in trouble. Because then, oh, she's awesome, and he's awesome, and I'm attracted to him, and we talk. Up here, we talk for hours on the phone, and then we're really affectionate towards each other. And sometimes our affections keep going, and then our chemistry is growing, and our affections are growing, and I'm spending the night, or we're probably doing things maybe we shouldn't do it, whether it's early or late. You decide that. I don't know. And then it's like when things get hard, or whether it's six months, a year, you're married, and all your relationship is built on is affection and chemistry, you say, uh-oh, I don't know if I like her anymore. Uh-oh, I don't know if he's committed to me anymore. I mean, the physical stuff is cool, but that's all we have. And so he's, he's doing counseling with these married couples, and they're like, yeah, chemistry is great, but the chemistry went away. And he's like, well, what else? What else is? And they're like, no, that's all we have. Why? Because they believe that if they found the right person, everything would be great. If I found the right person, I wouldn't need to be that patient because I love this person. It's great. And so this is what I want to tell you boldly, Elevation. It's not about finding the right person. It's about becoming the right person. It's about becoming who God created you to be, the best version of you. I'm not asking about the person next to you. I'm not talking about your roommate. I'm not talking about your sibling. I'm talking about you, the best version of you. I want you to strive to become that version. Pastor Rick says all the time, we fix our eyes on God. We run the race towards him. And then every once in a while, look around. And who's running this race with us? Maybe that's someone that I could pursue. But it starts with becoming the right person. And I want to challenge you because the world says it the other way. You just got to find them. <laughs> There's a story. I'm going to tell you the fast part of the story because I want to get through these questions. Uh, but a pastor told me a story. There was basically a girl. She grew up in church, um, went to church with her family, then went off to college. And uh, she, didn't, she didn't stop believing in God, but she kind of put her faith on the back burner, which a lot of us do. I did that. Okay, I'm a believer, but see ya, God. I'll, I'll be a Christian when I get out of college. That's what I'll do. And if you'll ask the young adults, that's a really hard decision to make, college students, if you want to do that. But... So she started just, she said, I want to find the right guy. So she started dating guys and pursuing guys, and she just kept going from guy to guy, and I would imagine some things came along with that. But she's like, but when I find him, I'll settle him down. But until then, I just want to have fun. I'm in college. I just want to find the right guy. Well, then one day, about two years into it, I think it was her junior year, she met this guy in a group of friends, and he was incredible, successful, good-looking, funny, um, had a great job, and he loved God. And it was, like, evident in the way he carried himself, and he had these standards. Like, he not only loved God, but he, it played out in his life. 
And she was like, this dude is awesome. You know, like, I'm trying to, hello, let me holler at you. But she's a girl, so she's like, I'm not trying to be crazy. But I like you. But I don't. But I like you. Okay. So she goes home that weekend. And she's like, Mom, she's going on and on. This guy came, and he came to our friend group, and I've never met a guy like this. And it was kind of like one of the reasons she told her mom she was attracted to him because it reminded her of her faith. It reminded her of the way she used to pursue God. And her mom looks at her without warning, and her mom said this with love. And she said, honey, a guy like that is never going to like a girl like you. And the girl fell to her knees and started crying because she knew her mom was right. She wasn't upset with her mom. She didn't get offended. She started bawling her eyes out because all she had been doing for the past three years was looking and looking and looking and looking. And she never grew up. She never matured. She never started or began or took prepared, as we're talking about, to become the woman God wanted her to be in those first couple years. She was just looking. And then a guy like that, it's true. And something changed inside of her. And she changed the way she lived life. And she starts saying, I got to get this right. I got to start living for the Lord because one day I want to I attract a guy like that. But for now, I got to become my best version. I don't want that to happen to you guys. This is me being 28, saying I don't want you to have to get to this age and be like, okay, time to click it on, because it's not going to work. You might say this, though. You might say, well, Mir, the Bible doesn't say much about dating or finding the right person or singleness, and you're right, but it says everything about becoming the right person. It says everything about being a man and woman of integrity and character and that you can trust and honor. It says everything about that. It says everything about being a man and a woman of God. And that's what we talk about in Elevation. That's what we talk about in the weekend. That's what we talk about in life groups or serve groups because we want to equip you guys to be that person, not necessarily find the right person. Am I saying you don't look? No, I'm not saying you don't look. I'm, not, I'm just saying you don't spend 100% of your time looking. You got to work on yourself and get to where God wants you to go. Let me end with this. In 1 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, you could turn there if you have your Bible's phones. It's the love chapter. If you've ever been to a wedding, you've probably heard the scripture. Love is, love is, love is, right? And what I, what I want to take you through, just an example in the word, I'm going to take you through some of these. I can't go through all because I want to answer your questions in about a couple minutes. But I want you to apply these to your life where you're at now. And if you're single, perfect. I'm talking about with your family, with your friends, people at home. I want you to apply these things to your life, right? First one is this, love is patient. Patience means you're not pushy. In a dating relationship, it means creating space for the other person so they don't maybe feel pressure. It's patience. That can be on a literal date or that can be in your day-to-day life. Love is patient. But the right person myth would say, well, if I find someone who's patient, the right person, then I'm going to be good and vice versa. But then that comes, ends up being a catastrophe. Love is kind is another one. And I want you all to think about this with kind. Kindness is, it, it can be translated to considerate. So, like, if I'm a considerate person, I put others' feelings and thoughts and emotions and ideas sometimes ahead of mine. I consider other people. Guys, let's get real practical. You take a girl on a date or two dates or three dates and you're not feeling it, it's easy. Yeah, you can go home and not call her again and be shady and hope that you don't see her in public and it's not awkward. Or you can call her and say, hey, or you can talk in person. That was really good. Uh, (laughs) Okay, or you can talk in person and say, hey, I've enjoyed going on dates. Thank you for letting me pursue you. I think we're just going to be friends. Well, Mira, that doesn't really help me out. But no, you need to be kind and considerate. And that's what she needs from you. Girls, hello. Well, you're not off the hook. Girls, I'm here, no. Okay. <laughs> Y'all go, hee, ooh. I just saw a girl's face. Girls, what I hear a lot before pastor, after pastor, friends in college, whatever. One day, three day, six months, two years. 
I mean, I don't think I like him anymore, but I, I, I can't get out. I can't tell him. And let me just be real blunt with you on this is out of love. A lot of times, girls, we can't tell them because we've gone too far physically. So we feel trapped in the relationship. Because there's no way. If he broke up, he'd freak out. Well, and you don't like him anymore, but we've been living as if we're married. We've been li- doing things. And I'm not here to contone that. I'm just saying it has consequences when you one day might want to break up. It's hard. But even in that, if it's that extreme case or if it's after four dates, girls, I need you to be honest with the guy. Because it doesn't help us when we're trying to pursue you and lead you and, we, and you have no interest in it. It actually makes us feel really foolish and it makes us lose confidence really fast. And the next girl we want to pursue, we really hesitate because we didn't know for four months the girl wasn't interested anymore. And I know no one intends to get there, but we just need you to be considerate of them. It's hard. But also, guys, when we're considerate and we figure this out, we know who we don't want to marry and we know who God doesn't have for us. Love doesn't envy. Envy says, if I don't feel good about myself, you can't feel good about yourself. It's hard. Guys, this wrecks marriages, relationships. But the remedy for, for envy is you gotta let the other person win sometimes. Like for guys, it's easy for us to be a one-upper. Like, no, I wanna tell the funny story because you don't tell funny stories. <laughs> and the girl's like, you suck. I just wanna tell the story. <laughs> guys, I know we can maybe, generally speaking, tell a funny story, but sometimes you need to let her win and tell the story. You, it doesn't always have to be about us. Girls, say I go out and I'm fishing and I catch a three-pound bass, but I tell everyone it's 30. I just need you to go with it and tell everyone it's 30. And I, could, I broke my pole and it was awesome. And, and you're like, it was really three. No, don't bust this out in public. It's embarrassing. Because a guy wants to be respected on it. But you, it's not about envy. It's not about one-upping each other, man. It's about putting our, each other's needs before another. I'm going to cut some of that. Let, love does not dishonor. Two down. I would say it this way, love never does anything to make the other person regret. Dishonor. And girls nowadays, guys, speaking to you again, they worry about this. Because it's hard to find a guy they can trust. I'm just being honest with you. I was this guy. I'm not bashing you guys. I was this guy. But it's hard for them to find a guy they can trust. It's harder for them to find a guy that will honor them and respect them. And it's such a small category now. And you might be like, well, Amir, what's the big deal? These girls literally don't believe, guys, this guy exists anymore. They think it's an anomaly. So a lot of times, and it hurts me to say this, girls settle. Because there's not guys out here that will raise up and live godly men and be honorable, not be perfect, but will honor her and serve her. And I don't care what Lil Wayne lyrics say. I like rap. I like the beat. But it's stupid because it lies about girls. It says they're a commodity, an item, and then you're going to start treating them like that. Because when you want to bump that in your car all day, I'm just being honest with you because I did this for eight years. That's how you're going to talk to her. That's how you're going to treat her. That's how you're going to text her at one in the morning, okay? Because you've been listening to that and filling yourself with crap all day. But she just wants you to honor her. And, guys, again, I'm setting you up because one day you're going to have a wife, guys. And girls, one day you're gonna have a husband and and what a husband needs the most is respect and honor. And if we don't do that right now, we're bashing him in public and making fun of him and we're not joking, it's gonna wreck us one day when we're dating and it's gonna wreck us one day when we're married. I'm just trying to set y'all up for success. There's one more I wanna say, we're gonna get to questions. It's my favorite one. No, this is funny. Love is not easily angered. Two tests. How are you in traffic? How's that going? Okay, work on it. And do this. I had a a motivational speaker say this. Go to Walmart and get in the longest line there. And practice. Y'all just middle finger emojied me. I saw y'all. Y'all like, I'm not getting in that line. I hate when the express checkout's full. I have a card. Move. It says card, not cash. You're an idiot. I get it. But what happens, guys, and I see this all the time, and it makes me scared. I don't want to be the dad that has my kids, and I'm so frustrated and angered from being in the Walmart line, I start yelling at my kids. I know that might sound silly, but it happens. My dad did that with us. 
because he got mad over something on the ground. He just started yelling. And I'm like, why are you yelling at us? Because he never tried to control his anger. He never worked on it. I'm just, I'm, guys, I'm trying to set y'all up for this. My, this is the last one's my favorite one. Love keeps no record of wrongs. Boy, oh boy, if I can tell you what I see in counseling, if I can tell you what I see in my friends, if I can tell you see what I've done, this plays out in your family now. It's just bringing up things from the past. Think of your family. It's hard with your family, guys. None of these are easy, okay? But we're becoming, we're refining, we're becoming the right person. No record of wrongs. Roommates, Lord Jesus, that's where it comes out. Hey, I'm here, I need you to do the dishes. Well, you didn't freaking do the dishes eight months ago. <laughs> so don't be telling me to do the dishes in 2016 when in 2014 you didn't do no dishes. And you're like, I blacked out, what happened? <laughs> no record of wrongs. I've done that. I like to be clean. People don't rinse their bowl, and it's like salsa, and it's like four days later, and you're like, what in the heck is this? And you pray for them because they're one day they're going to have a wife, and she's going to be mad. But no record. The married people are shouting me down. This is good. No record of wrongs. It comes down to letting stuff go, guys. Some guy, dishes are important, but they're not that important. They're not important to hate your roommate over, hate your family over, hate your girlfriend, boyfriend over. And let me say this. Pastor Neil always teaches it this way. you got to keep short accounts. Meaning what happens a lot of times, guys, is that we, we let a lot of little things build up because we're too scared to confront. Or some of us, or I want to talk about it right now, and some of us is, I'll, I'll talk about it in 2035. Yeah, I'll talk about you 20 years from now. I don't want to talk about it right now. And we let these little things big up, and then we have this massive problem. And it's the silliest things. So imagine when you're dating. And imagine when you're engaged. And imagine when you're married. You want to argue over and over. I'm not saying over and over about these silly, no. Okay? No record of wrongs. We got to forgive why Jesus forgave us. He's the model. So I want you all to ask yourself two questions. We're going to get some questions. I'm going to get my iPad at. Just to survey yourself from time to time. How am I doing about seeking wisdom? Just how am I doing? Do I ever seek wisdom? Do I ever ask God? Do I ever seek him? I don't know. And how am I doing in terms of becoming? Just two simple questions. We're going to do lightning round. Here we go. I hope this iPad works. If not, Taylor, I might need your help, but I'm pushing the button. Write those two questions down. And you can look at it from time to time. I'm going to answer your questions. Boom, jumped up. Okay, I got you. Thank you, Free. This is cool. It's like a Google Doc inside. Right? Are you all ready for questions? What should we focus on spiritually in our season of singleness? That's a really good question. Um, well, I talked about becoming. I would focus on yourself. Is there areas of your life, maybe with a wisdom mentor, that a lot of things I've said that you can grow and work on? Um, it, it's, you want to be someone, guys, that someone wants to pursue, or girls, or guys, someone a girl wants to be pursued by. So just put yourself in the other person's shoes. But I would be laying a foundation with God. Pastor Craig Rochelle says this. He says, I don't, I don't encourage people to find a one. I encourage them to find the two. Meaning God should always be the one. So when you're single, it's the best time to set that foundation. So when you're dating or married, you don't just all of a sudden try to have a relationship with God. That God's always got to be your one. And then when you get married, too, become one flesh. But God is the cornerstone. He's the middle of that relationship. I would spend and fight for time with God when you're single. Because, guys, we're only going to get busier. Dating, career, fam marriage, family. Hello, we're going to have little elevation babies running around here. We already have some, and it's awesome. We're not going to get more time, Okay. So I would value times, when we're talking spiritually with God, um, and I would also have fun with friends maybe I can't have fun before. I hope that answer that. I can give you practical, but it's just the little things. Can I have friends of the opposite sex while single? Yes, I'm so glad someone asked this. Um, 
You can. Okay, let me preface this. People tell me since I've been in Elevation for six years, hey, I heard in Elevation you can't have friends with a lot of sex. That's a lie. I'm the pastor. That's a lie. That's a lie. Everyone hear me? I'm tired of hearing that. I love y'all, but I'm tired of hearing it. But it's not the wisest thing you can do. And hear me. You can have opposite sex friendships. I hope you do. But if you're always spending one-on-one time together, especially not out in public, like in the dorm room or in your apartment, in your house, I don't think it's the wisest thing. I'm talking about wisdom. I'm farther along to you. Can you do it? Of course you can do it. You're an adult. Is it the most wise thing? It's not the most wise thing. Because there's been countless times in my life, and I can ask our leader girls and the guys if they wanted, they'd admit it too. Guys, we never fully know about our best friend if she likes us or not. She can look in our eyes and say she does it. We don't ever fully know. She's not going to tell us either, and vice versa. Girls, we can tell you, but you don't really know what we're thinking. There's been times in my life I thought we were besties, and I would tell her everything, and she liked me, and I had no idea. And I was like, Lord, no, I'm sorry. We're just friends. And there's other times where I wouldn't be best friends. I shared stuff with her, and I started liking her. I'm not saying you can't have friends. I'm not, what people say a lot in the Christian church, you can hang out in groups. I'm not saying you can't go to the coffee shop or go get a restaurant and go eat. No, I'm, it's fine, but I just would be wise. But this is, a, I want you all to write this down. Knowledge is intimacy. Knowledge is intimacy. So if you have a friend of the opposite sex and you've told them everything about your life, just know that's intimacy. And for guys, for girls, and more and more information, that's more and more emotional intimacy for them, whether they'll admit it or not. And if they know everything about you, that means no other girl knows everything about you. But you can be friends. I just, I just really need you to be wise. And I would, I would minimize the time you spend one-on-one time together a lot. Can you spend one-on-one time? You're sure. But this is the question I want you all to write down too that goes with that. This will, this will put you in perspective because it put me in perspective. Write this down. If you got married tomorrow, yeah, you know it's coming. If you got married tomorrow, what would need to change in your opposite sex friendships? Because guys, I promise, if you got married tomorrow, your wife's not letting you go out to the calf and have lunch with Sarah. She ain't, she ain't down with that. She ain't. And girls, if you're like, well, I'm going to go meet Brian. We went to school with Brian. Where are you going? Oh, I'm going over to his house. He's showing me his pool table. Something. No, no, no. I'm like, the heck with him. I'm knocking Brian out if you go to the house. That's what I'm doing. It's just a good perspective. Because there's been leaders in our life who said, I had to change some stuff, Amir. If you get married tomorrow, what of your friendships of the opposite sex would have to change? Again, guys, I am not saying you can't have, you can, but I think there's wisdom to be there. And there's, there's people in this ministry who started dating and they would still want to hang out with their friends and it makes guys, it makes girls feel a little insecure. And, guy, and girls, it makes us feel jealous. But hey, if, if they're that important to you, bring them along with some friends. Or if you're dating someone, bring them along with your boyfriend or girlfriend. Some of my best friends, I hang out with them and their wife and I love both of them equally, but I don't ever hang out with the wife, it's weird. It's just weird. Hey, can I come over and help you clean? No, but hear me, I'm not saying you can't have opposite sex friends. I'm just saying you need to use wisdom, okay? And there's three forms of intimacy. This is bonus round. I'm just throwing this out there. There's physical, hello, spiritual, and emotional. Guys, we're wired physically. We think if I'm holding hands with her, I'm hugging her, I'm kissing her, we're good, right? Girls are wired emotionally, words, everything. But this is the kicker, guys. When we're physical with girls, it feeds their physical emotionally, but physical intimacy, but it also feeds their emotional intimacy, so that's why, guys, we say girls are crazy. It's because a guy hurt them one day. That's why they're crazy. Because a guy like us didn't protect them and protect their intimacy. And we went a little too far because we were going off our desires, and then, and then they got hurt. I'm not here to tell you when you should be physical. When not. I say you should wait for marriage. I'm not shaking my finger at you. I just know that I'm a therapist at heart, and I've watched thousands of people be hurt. And I don't want y'all to be hurt. If you like them that much, I'm praying that you wait, and it's extremely hard. Um... How do I stay focused on pursuing God and not focused on the opposite sex despite attraction? So good. She's hot, and I just want to hang out with her. Okay. Well, 
it's the same thing. You can focus on God all day. You can be attracted to people. And this is, it would depend if this is a guy or a girl. But if you're sacrificing time to spend with that person because you're attracted to them that used to be with the Lord, I think it's a problem. And guys, if you like her that much, I would pray about it, talk to some friends, pursue her. Guys, we gotta pull the trigger. I mean, you need to talk to someone about it, but sometimes we pull the trigger way too fast, we shoot ourselves in the foot. But we need to pull the trigger. Girls, I need, I'm gonna pray about this then. Girls, I need you to be open to guys pursuing you. And if you have a big old wall up because you're hurt, I just need you to get with some people and get with the Lord and tr- take some time to heal that. I'm not saying rush into a relationship. But sometimes there's some really good guys in this ministry in the city who pursue girls and do it right and they get shut down and it makes me sad. And it, and it was because they never set, set some time with the Lord. So no, I think you can pursue on God, but I think if your time is only spent with that person you're attracted to, I think the, the pendulum has swung too much. But yeah, and girls, please let the guy pursue you. I know there's guys that don't do that as well as they used to. Hey, social media is great. Guys, we want to snap. That's cool. That Snapchat should end with a, you calling her or you getting face-to-face and ask her on a date. I'm tired of that. I'm sorry. Social media is great. I love how people flirt on that. That's cool. If you, God, Jesus, ask her on a Facebook message or Instagram or direct message, I just don't think that's the best way. Can you do it? Sure. If those lead to you getting her number and then you call her or you ask her face-to-face, I think that's great. It's cool. That's what social media, it's to interact with people. But please don't put your number on Snap and say, call me. No, it's just silly. These girls want to be pursued, guys. And you need to be a man and pursue her. And our, our generation never had Twitter to pursue it. I'm not saying you can't use that to hang out, but please, God. Um, I'm afraid of rejection. How do I overcome that fear and also keep my friendship with Shouty healthy? It's great. She didn't even put Shouty healthy. Um, this is hard. I wish it said guy or girl would help. But I get it. Rejection's hard, especially for guys. Um, but again, I think some of that is you have to, you have to do something to get that, that healed whether it's you're talking to God about it, whether you're talking to close friends about it, whether you're processing it and learning from it. And then guys, sadly, that's the best part of the pursuit. There's a chance she's gonna say no, and that's okay. That doesn't mean you're a failure. That means that's not your wife. Cool, God, thanks, you narrowed it down for me. But we put so much, we build so much, and what if she says no? Then she says no, and then we move on. But I really like her. I know you really liked her, but she didn't like you, and it's okay. And we pray about it, move on. That's why, guys, it's really mindful to take a girl on a date and learn not to hang out, hang out, hang out, hang out, maybe mess around, hang out, hang out, hang out. And then you want to pursue and have a DTR, and they're like, no, no, I'm just having fun. And it kind of stinks. So I understand. I would overcome that, that fear. I would process with someone, have fun with someone, um, friend. But Scripture says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Scripture says that God's love casts out all fear because it's perfect. And so you got to know God wants this maybe more than you want this. It's kind of crazy, huh, to think about. And I think, again, like we said earlier, you keep your friendship with Shadi, you have some boundaries. You're wise. I'm not going over to a girl's dorm room at midnight just to talk and how to tell her my day was. It's kind of weird. You can, though. Uh, can I keep going or are y'all tired? It's up to y'all. I keep going. Okay, this is fun. Thank you. Uh, do you want me to do the highlighted ones free? Yeah, Okay. How do, you, how do you deal with when, a quote, when, you, when will you be with someone, quote, how are you single, quote, questions from family and friends when you're interested in dating, when you aren't interested in dating right now? That's a great question. Sorry, let me emphasize. So when someone's saying, are you dating anyone from your family and friends? We say, God, Jesus, they're the most pushy people. I'm working on it. Come home. You like don't want to go home for Christmas. College or young adult? So I'm here. No, still, I know. You're 27. Stop. This is embarrassing, mom. I want a grandkid. You're not getting a grandkid anytime soon. Sorry. Um, so they're saying when people are pressing, it's true, man. When will you be with someone? How are, how are you single? Wow. 
That's, my mom said that. To, my dad said that to me, and I'm like, Dad, please, God, stop. Foreign people are different, though, so it's a caveat. Um, from family and friends when you aren't interested in dating? That's a great question. I would say I would first have a really good reason why you're not interested in dating. It's not for them. It's for you, just so you have assurance of when those questions come, you're not, like, second-guessing yourself. It might be a time that you want to prepare yourself. I did that in grad school. I didn't pursue a girl for two years. I wanted to pursue a lot of girls, but I said stop, and I had my friends hold me accountable because Amir needed some work to be done, and I was a fool in undergrad. So um, I I needed to to do some things, and so that's what happened. But I would know why I'm trying to be content, why I'm trying to not be dating right now. And then um, I think you're just honest with them. I, you know, I, we were talking to someone today. It's, it's tough with family, but I think there comes a the time, especially when we get older, and some parents, guys, I get it, they hit fire, and where they go into old tradition, they're like, you're 21, why don't you have a kid? And you're like, what, what's going on right now? <laughs> this is not a little house on the prairie, okay? I need you to slow down. Uh, I don't know if y'all remember that show, but it's really funny to me. You know, I think it's when you're confident and know why, and then I think you just share your heart. It is tough, like, in public. And you got to know, sometimes, guys, people are joking, but sometimes when people joke to us, it hurts us in the root because, like, we're still dealing with something. So I think I would pull my friends aside and be honest with them because if these are your best friends, guys, they should know. And if some randos or just friends you kick it with or some acquaintances, well, just don't take it with a grain of salt. They're not your inner circle. But when it's your family, I think you just got to be honest with them and say, I'm working on it or, or this thing's happening because maybe your family don't know why, the why of why you're, uh, you're not ready to date in this season. And if they disagree... Well, sometimes as adults, we honor our parents, but we just got to say, this is something I feel led to do right now, and I think it's going to be the best moving forward. And I don't want you to have crazy grandchildren. I want you to have cool ones. Hey, we can always talk after this. What are the best ways to guard your heart in singleness and relationships? I love that phrase. Christianese, guard your heart. Hashtag it. Okay. You know, I think uh, words, there's a lot of power in words. So I think you need to guard your words in singleness and in dating. Singleness, um, for guys, I think if, she, she, if you're going to pursue, you're going to pursue. If you're not, we don't need to talk like we are. Okay, this is, I'm really passionate about this. This is the best way to put it. Guys, I think the easiest way to understand what I think we're called to do is, guys, we're called to lead. Okay, I get that, Amir. What does that mean? We're called to lead where we're at. If you're just friends, you need to lead just as friends. I mean, you don't need to talk like you're going on a date. You don't need to talk like you're dating. Or you don't need to talk like you're married and you, you want to do more stuff. You're just friends. So you need to lead her like you're just friends. So your words need to be just like friends. How far and maybe in, in, in uh, um, depth of relationship conference you need to be just friends? You don't need to know her whole life story if you're just friends. Because that's something that her husband, her fiance, or maybe even her boyfriend is going to need to know. But guys, if you're ready to pursue a girl, then your language is as if you're going to pursue a girl. And I think you need to do it face-to-face or on the phone. We have a dying art of men that want to be really passive because we're scared of rejection. I just need you, we just need to man up and do it. I know it's hard, but it's awesome. It's like a thrill. So you want to do it. So if we're dating, you know, then we talk as if we're dating. We're not talking about marriage. We're not talking about one day. We're just dating. Even if you're boyfriend or girlfriend, it's just not the wisest thing, but you're gonna set yourself up and it's called soul ties. And one day I'll teach on that, that you start to prepare these soul ties. And girls, guys, it's a little easier when we promise things or we say things or we do things physically and then we deuce. Or after a while, we don't like her anymore. So I think, guys, you're called to lead where you're at. I think it makes it really easy. Well, Mira, I've gone on a date with her. Okay, well, then you're dating. Enjoy the dating. And then when you're ready, if it keeps progressing to be your boyfriend, girlfriend, however you do the dating triangle pyramid, then you do that. But you're also not friends anymore. So guys, we can't go two weeks. We go on two dates, and then in two weeks we haven't talked to her. She's going to freak out because we're dating now. So we can't just say, well, I mean, I'm not ready for this. Well, you pursued her. You asked her on a date. You need to act like you're dating, guys. Okay, I'm not trying to be mean. It's just we need to lead where we're at. Um, Girls, I I think it's not putting yourself in compromising situations. Sally, sometimes, guys, we think of as a flesh when you're being social, when it gets later at night. 
if there's alcohol involved. I'm not talking about if you're of age, you can't have fun and drink. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying our inhibitions get lower. And girls, if we're putting ourselves in situations um, where guys are, are more, a little more direct or things like that, it's just going to be hard for you to say no. And I'm not talking about the full physical. I'm just talking about, talking about stuff, not protecting your heart, um, random makeouts. I'm just, just being honest. It's not protecting yourself, but you're putting yourself in that situation. And you want to be pursued by a guy that's going to call you back the next day, not hope he doesn't see you. Um, I think that's a good way to guard your heart. In relationships, you just got to know that, man, I, I'm, I'm dating this person. So they should get, guys and girls, they should get special influence in your life. So guys, if you're treating the girl you're dating the same as the, friend, the girls that are friends in your life, I think you're making a little mistake. She needs to be special to you. She needs to be set apart. I did a bad mistake about this. The one girl I dated before this. So I'd walk into a party and I'd say hi to everyone. And then I'd go check on my, the girl I was dating and I'd say hi to everyone. And I really didn't treat her differently. And she didn't feel very honored in that. And we got in a lot of fights because of it. And I was kind of embarrassed. Because I was like, oh, that makes complete sense. You want me to act like I'm your boyfriend? Sorry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so um, I would say that for guys. I think, yeah, I just think, guys, it's your words. It's physical. I know it sounds so cliche, Christian, but you just need to have boundaries. It just protects you. And it's the hardest thing physically. I get it. It's so hard. But, man, one day you're never going to look back and say, I wish uh, I wasn't, didn't hook up with as many people. I wish I wasn't as physical with many people. When you have that conversation, guys, before maybe you propose to a girl and you're going to have to be honest with her, I would recommend that before. She needs to know maybe your past before that. I wouldn't want a list of things to tell her. It would just be hard. You know, I want, I want to keep that special for her. Okay, how do you know the difference between not settling and being too picky? That's a very good question. It'd be probably the last two right here. Difference between not settling and being too picky. Dang, these are hard because it's the difference with guy and girl. Okay, guys, I think you need to have a, a standard where you're at for both genders, okay? A lot of it is the, thing, the same things. A lot of it is seasonal, so if you're, if you're uh, um, a young adult and you know you're going to move to Oregon, it might not be the most wise thing to start a relationship here. You can, but it might not be. Where am I at season of life? That's one thing to think about. Um, so it's, you can be a little picky there because you know you're about to move or you know you're about to leave um, or someone at home. It might not be the most wise thing. But I think settling, guys, it comes down to what are you looking for in a guy or in a girl. And then remember what I talk about becoming, then you should be surveying yourself on those things. And girls, I know we all, most of us have a list of some sort, and sometimes God will shatter that list and bring you someone that is way better than you ever dreamed of, but it's still awesome. But sometimes we have this list or we have these expectations or, or if it's certain things like, man, I want them to be a believer. I want, them to, I want them to be a Christian. I want them to fall after the things of God. I want them to have integrity in their life. I want them to be a hard worker. We set this bar. So, yeah, we're, n- we're not necessarily being picky because these are the things that God's put on our hearts, but they can't be unrealistic. I want him to make a million dollars next year. Well, good luck, girls. <laughs> Bill Gates is not the best attractive, and he's getting old, but you can try. I don't know. You know what I mean? We can't set unrealistic things because then we're being too picky. But settling is, is when we have the standard and we, get, we lose contentment, we lose peace, we lose patience, and we just kind of think it's a good idea. That's when it's settling. Or girls, I get it, and it's so hard, and I pray for y'all more than the guys. I love the guys, but it's just hard because we, guys are called to lead, and I get it when you've been single for a long time or you feel like you're doing things right, and you're, you, everything I've said, you feel like you're doing a good job of, but you don't have a guy that's coming to pursue you. I get it. It's hard. So then a guy that's attractive, okay, th- this can't be the litmus test, that they're attractive and they love God. That should be a prerequisite. That shouldn't be the entrance in, okay? That should be a prerequisite. You should be attracted to them physically and all the things of their life, and, and they should probably love God, and then that should be a, a okay, now we'll just talk. Not, okay, let's go on 20 dates. Now, I don't know. That person might be awesome. That's the difference in being picky and settling. 
Because the Bible talks about being equally yoked, and this is a thing that's kind of separated the church. But I know it's hard. If someone's not falling after the things of God, there's going to be some time where your views and your things start clashing. That's when you can be a little picky. They're not bad people. You're, you just have two different perspectives on life. And sometimes we think, well, I want to influence that person. They're, they're not living for God. Why well, do I want to influence them? It's just hard, guys. So I think that's the difference in settling and being too picky. Now, I think also the wise counsel helps with that a lot. A guy, girls, a friend will tell you if you're being too picky. If a great guy comes along and you're like, no, nah, they're going to slap you upside the head and say, stop, please, God. Just He wants a date. You go on a date. Just try it out, right? That's what a girl, guys, settling would be, I think guys would say the same thing to you as well. 